And the data has shown that there are as many benefits for the mentors as there are for the mentees. Yes. But the mentor also has to come in with that growth mindset and be willing to learn and be willing to grow. Welcome to the Sodervet Now What, the podcast. This is a show that serves as your audio mentor in your journey as a veterinarian. And each week, our awesome host, Dr. Mariah McCauley, will be bringing you insightful short-form interviews with happy, successful vets who are eager to share their career and clinical tips to make your life easier. So whether you're a final year vet student or a recent graduate, this podcast is your trusted companion on the pathway to success in veterinary medicine. Over to you, Mo. Welcome back to So You're a Vet, Now What? I am your host, Dr. Mariah McCauley. Today on the podcast, I am joined by Dr. Valerie Marcano, one of the founders of Possibilities Vet Med. Possibilities seeks to connect individuals from historically marginalized and underrepresented communities to mentors within the veterinary profession to support them at all points within their career journey. In today's episode, Valerie and I look at the question of generational stereotypes and the impact it has on mentorship. We ask the question of whether generational stereotypes exist, how implicit biases impacts our mentorship relationships, and what questions may need to be asked between a mentor and mentee from different generations. Regardless of whether you are listening as a mentor or a mentee, this episode will help guide your conversations and ultimately provide a path forward to improve your mentorship relationships. Fun little side note, we did record this at VMX, so there might be a little bit of ambient noise. But regardless, this was such a fun and insightful episode to record. So let's jump right in. Valerie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a long time coming for chatting between what's going on with possibilities. And we are here at VMX 2024, which my first time here at VMX. And Valerie, one of the things that you're speaking on while you're here is generational mentorship, which is like something that I am also very, very passionate about. So kind of talk us through, we don't have a whole lot of time here, unfortunately, but talk us through like a five second intro to generational mentorship and then we can dive deeper. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, traditionally mentoring has been between a more senior person or a more junior person, right? Like that's how we think about traditional mentoring, even mm -hmm. though there are a bazillion different ways to mentor. And so most of the mentoring that we think of traditionally is actually multi-generational once you get, you know, to a certain difference between the junior person and the senior person in between their ages. And so a lot of the focus when I present on multi-generational mentoring is focusing on not utilizing generational differences as stereotypes mm -hmm. and really focusing on the individual Right, because we have a lot of statistics showing that there are differences between generations, but those statistics can potentially be explained just by the fact that they grew up in a different time frame, right? Which is yeah. what a generation is. is technically. And so can you divide those years differently and make the generations completely different years and still have statistical data that shows differences between them? There are a lot of flaws in how generations are defined. And so when we rely on what are perceived to be those differences between generations primarily, then we start really turning those into stereotypes. Mm -hmm. And so my goal is to say, yes, there may be differences, but let's figure out ways to figure out what the differences are between two individuals and not necessarily between two generations. Oh my goodness. I love that. And as you're talking about like 
the different ways that these groups are grouped, essentially. Like, a little bit backstory is, like, I actually presented on generational stereotypes at VLC last year, and that was one of my biggest challenges, was looking at how are we defining these different generations, because you would look at five different research papers that all looked at the same thing, and they all grouped them slightly different. And so I was like, okay, this is not not the way that people typically think about it, which is why I love that you're like, it's not really necessarily like these generations. It's how are we looking at these two different, like two individuals. So tell me a little bit more about that. How do you break that down in your talk? Yeah. So during my presentations, I usually start by talking about what mentoring is and why mentoring is important. And then we talk about what the different kinds of mentoring may be. We touch on, you know, formal versus informal arrangements, in-person versus hybrid group mentoring. And as we get into talking more about individual mentoring, then we talk about differences, right? So things that make someone a good mentor versus what creates a mentoring mismatch versus what is a quote unquote bad mentor, right? Because someone may not think that someone is a good mentor, but it may be that they're not a good mentor for them. That individual, yeah. Exactly. And that's different from an individual that is not fit to be a mentor, When we talk about mismatches and say personalities or conflict style resolutions or conflict resolution styles, (laughs) um, communication styles, et cetera, does that immediately create a mismatch? No, not necessarily, right? Like you can have an introverted individual that can be a great mentor or mentee to an introverted individual. Did I just say introverted twice? I meant introverted versus extroverted. I get what you're saying. And so is the same thing with age as it is with race and ethnicity, with, you know, socioeconomic background, right? We can learn so much from individuals that are different from us, but we have to come in with that growth mindset. We have to come in open, both the mentor and the mentee, to learning from one another, to being able to give feedback, to receive Mm -hmm. feedback, and to work together to improve one another. We mm-hmm. think of mentoring as a one-sided relationship, and it really oh, it's, isn't. It's, two-way, it's street. A two-way, two-way street. Two-way street, you guys. And the data has shown that there are as many benefits for the mentors as there are for the mentees. Yes. But the mentor also has to come in with that growth mindset and be mm-hmm. willing to learn and be willing to grow. Yes. And so when we're focused so much on what generational differences are just based on a random graphic that is on the internet, right? And yeah. like you said, when you look at the actual research papers, there isn't a ton of consensus. And there are actually different research groups that are specifically looking at debunking generational differences because of how biased they Mm -hmm. are and because of the effect that they can have on biases and stereotypes in the workplace. And so my goal really is to create individuals that are open-minded enough to not solely rely on differences. Yes. And not really like label them. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Not label them, but really focus on my mentor or my mentee prefers to communicate this way. Yeah. Their approach to the workplace may be slightly different, right? But this is how this thing that they're doing can make me more effective. And here's something I can teach them because mm-hmm. that possibility is bet mad. Like my husband always says, Everyone has something to learn and everyone has something to offer. Absolutely. So it's a two-way street. So we start by also by talking about what is it that individuals want in the workplace. And when you look at overall what people want, they want to be recognized. They want to be paid well. Mm-hmm. They want to be mentored. They want to be utilized. They want to grow. And that goes across all generations. Oh, yeah. 
Oh my goodness. Everything that you're saying, I'm just like over in the back of my head. It's like I had an audience that's clapping. They're just like, yes, everything. <laughs> and so I kind of want to break this down for some people because they're probably listening and they're going, yeah, I get what you're saying, but I work in a practice where there's like the boss is the old white guy who's looking to sell the practice. And already right there, I've made a generational stereotype, which is why I want to bring it up because there are certain characteristics that when you're like, oh, you are of this age, you're more likely to have those kind of characteristics. And so I don't necessarily want to completely wipe that away because you have to have some kind of an idea of like, okay, I'm going into a conversation with this individual. This is their kind of background. These are the kind of things that we may end up talking about, or this is the type of communication style that they may more likely have. But you still have to go into it with a growth mindset because you can go in and be completely sidelined. But as humans, we try and be predictable. We try and figure out, okay, when I talk to you, I'm like, okay, what are the ways that Valerie may communicate based on the type of practice that she's in, the kind of education that she had? She went to Cornell. So there are, like, when I've talked to different Cornellians, I, you, call, you don't call yourself Cornellians. I well, just I mean, I did up. my undergrad there. So I, th- I think through that is, You're a um, I do call myself a Cornellian, but I don't. Only in my head. Okay. I mostly say it in my head, not out yeah, loud. As I said it out loud, I was like, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like I did my vet and PhD at UGA, and so we're like, we're Georgia Bulldogs, yes. right? And so do I say that out loud about myself? I'm pretty sure this is the first time yeah. I have, right? But do I think it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so like going back to it, there are certain characteristics that you're trying to predict about the other person so that you can make the conversation and the interaction more successful. So there's that side of human interaction. But in general, you still have to go into it. Like my mentor is from a, he is from an older age bracket. Is that the best way to say it? Because I don't want to say he's from a different generation, but he is. I mean, he's he's a more senior individual. I think, I mean, I think it's, it's not wrong to use generation. He's a different generation than I am, right? Because generations are defined. Yeah. There are sociological, like, you know, groups that are studying them and they, they use those labels. Are you a new or recent veterinary graduate? If so, listen up my course, So Your Vet, Now What? has been put together specifically for you. We focus on the non-clinical skills, don't tune out. This is not as dull as it sounds, I promise you. In fact, almost every career problem that people face are due to not having well-developed non-clinical skills. The skills that I'm talking about are things like client communication, so you have great relationships with clients. Emotional intelligence, so you've got great relationships with your teammates. Effective negotiation skills, so you can get paid what you are worth. Management of imposter syndrome and how to build formidable resilience. They're not just skills, they are prerequisites vital for success in financial and emotional well-being. This course serves as an essential stepping stone to your success. So let's take the leap together. I will be your mentor as we go through 12 modules helping you transition from being a student to being a fully rounded professional. Head to www.drdavenickel.com forward slash S-Y-A-V dash class to learn more. Now back to the show. See, this is what I wanted to kind of like, because I'm like, oh, am, am I stereotyping a bit too much? So I'm trying to like do a little self-reflection here as well um, from your talk. So I guess like if I'm coming to you as the mentee and I'm like, okay, I'm trying not to have these stereotypes, but 
I'm going into this mentorship relationship with this person that is from an older generation. And I feel like I'm coming up against a lot of those quote unquote stereotypes. How would you coach me through how I can have a more constructive conversation with that mentor and figure out how our relationship is going to work best? Like, how would you coach me through that? Because I feel like a lot of our listeners, like they already have the generational stereotypes. They're kind of going off of that as their predictions. And what I want the outcome from this talk to be is, all right, let's take a different angle, like a different approach to how we look at this relationship. So talk me through, I have, we're going to go with it, the older white guy as my mentor. Talk me through that. Yeah, I've had uh, plenty of mentors that have been older white guys. They have all been actually yeah, I would say most of them have been fantastic mentors to me. And I can say the approach that I have taken and I can say kind of what I would recommend that other people do. And I think it starts with going to Harvard University's uh, Project Implicit. So okay. they have an implicit bias site where you can take different tests and find out if you have different stereotypes All like right. against different people, if you have biases. And I mean, here's the thing is understanding that when you have a bias, it's really a shortcut that your brain has taken to be more efficient, right? Mm -hmm. So it's based on everything you've lived, where you grew up, and all of those things. And so biases are not inherently a bad thing. They're just a thing mm -hmm. your brain does They're to get from point A to point B yeah. as quickly Survival. as possible, right? So the first step is really realizing that we all have them and that they may not like align with what your core values mm -hmm. are, with who you want to be, and then figuring out what your biases are. Gotcha. So having that growth mindset, going in and say, okay, let me take a couple of these tests. Like, do I have a bias for like individuals of different sizes or for gender and science or whatever it may be? I will say that for talking to your mentor, it really depends on what the mentoring relationship is, right? In formal mentoring arrangements, you may not have as much of a choice on who your mentor is. True. When it's informal, you do. Right. And so depending on how structured the mentoring relationship is, you may already have a this is what you talk about in meeting one, meeting two, meeting three. And so it may be up to the mentee to say, look, I think we may have some personality differences and I'm coming in and I may be biased and I want to get to know you as an individual so that I can overcome some of those biases. Right. Gotcha. So contact lessens bias. Yeah. And so just saying to them, what if we did you know, a couple of those free personality tests? Or what if we propose to the organization that's doing this mentoring program to do some of the actual, you know, science-based? Yes, yes. <laughs> science-based is usually better. Yeah, um, you know. But some of the science-based programs, like what if we did DISC or what if we did Insights Discovery? And then we can learn about each other's tendencies, right? So those are not absolutes. And you also don't want to stereotype individuals based on those, yes. right? But they are, like, especially some of the great ones, maybe great conversation starters, right? So this is how I communicate best, right? So, like, assuming that someone that is from an older generation, like, may not be as likely to, say, communicate through text message. That's BS, because with most of my mentors, I communicate through text. But I know that sometimes they prefer to have a call, right? Mm -hmm. So we will schedule a time to have a call as well. So just going through and finding, you know, a mentoring agreement and just saying, okay, if we're already in this relationship and this is not about finding out if we're a good fit, we're already, you're already my yep, mentor, already right? Happening. Then you say, okay, this is the agreement that we're going to go through. You know, how often do we want to meet? And even if there is already a formal, you know, set of rules that they're following, there are things that you can do to personalize those, mm -hmm. right? Like, okay, we have to meet at least once a month. Okay. What if 
we once a week just did a text message, like check in. Yeah. Hey, everything okay? Okay. Not okay. Let's set up an extra meeting this month. I love right? it. But maybe for that mentor, they would prefer to do that through email, right? Or for the mentee. Mm-hmm. So maybe the mentee sets up a, you know, an automatic message that goes out every week and just checking in, right? So there are different ways. You just have to actually talk to people and communicate and learn what? about you them. You have to communicate? I know, I know. Wow, it's so shocking. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's where the mentor also having that yes. growth mindset has to come in, right? Because the mentee can come in and say, hey, like, I want us to learn about each other. And there are individuals that if they have a fixed mindset, may mm-hmm. say, think that that's a great idea still, right? Like yeah. the mindset doesn't necessarily change whether you want to get to know someone or not. But it may change how they see that growth opportunity of this is what my conflict or communication style is and yours is different. Mm -hmm. And how do we find a middle ground? Right. Like if you have someone whose conflict resolution style is really to remove themselves from that situation and someone who is more like, no, let's talk about it right now. Then how are we ever going to be able to resolve conflict when one person is like, where are you? I'm going to find you. We're going to talk about this right now. And the other person's like three Ah, states away changing their name. Like, you know, (laughs) so you have to say, you know, when we have conflict, this is how we're going to resolve it. When we communicate, this is going to be our primary way of communicating. And if it doesn't work, you change it. It doesn't mean anything you set is not set in stone. So just be willing to change, be willing to grow, be willing to find avenues to be able to work together. Oh my goodness. There's so many little pearls in all of that. <laughs> and I was almost in my brain. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, well, at least you have it recorded so you can exactly. listen to it again. <laughs> you can just, if, you're, if you're listening and you guys are like, whoa, what just happened? Like hit pause, rewind a little bit. You can listen to it again. And I know some people will listen to this and be like, wow, that is again, super overwhelming. Am I supposed to sit down with my mentor and be like, how do we resolve conflict? What is your preferred method of like, that can be very overwhelming and mentally taxing. And So I would not say that you have to approach each of those little questions on day one. A lot of them you will be able to figure out, honestly, just in your conversations with your mentor. You'll be like, oh, I see that they do a lot of texting. Like they're probably really comfortable with this um, type of thing. Or you'll see how they interact with other people around you and be like, huh, that's interesting how they went about that conflict. Or that's probably how they'll respond to me. Like you'll get to see this just in the environment and their interactions and using your own emotional intelligence to honestly just observe a lot of it and just like in conversation. So don't worry that you have to be super nitty gritty about each of these little things. But the goal of this is that we want to make you aware that it's okay to have those conversations. First off, it's going to actually strengthen your relationship. And if you have to have the conversation, have the conversation. Like there's no harm in that. You may have to have the conversation if you have a mentor that is like is set up on a more hybrid way or a virtual mentor or something like that. Because if you're not interacting with them, even even in-person mentoring, right? If you're not working together every day, you may not be able to observe those interactions, but that's where you ask, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to specifically say, what is your conflict resolution (laughs) style? But you can say, you know, when conflict arises, like how do you address it? I'd really like to learn more, right? Or when you have a situation when there's conflict, you can say, this is how I'm thinking that this could be resolved. Like, would you be able to give me some feedback Mm -hmm. on that? You can start those, you know, those conversations with examples or Mm -hmm. by asking, you don't have to go, or you can just say like, Hey, I think it would be really cool if we took this like assessment that I found online. And then when we met next time, we talked about it. Mm -hmm. No. Oh my goodness. So many different ways that you can look at it and so many good ways to approach it. 
And I know we could keep on talking. And I feel like I literally <laughs> say that every single episode. I'm like, you know, we could keep on talking. But guys, we only have like 15, 20 minutes here uh, that we're trying to give you these little pearls of wisdom to help survive and thrive in your first couple years of practice. And so outcome from today, I would really hope that you guys um, are able to say, kind of have a little bit of self-reflection and say, all right, what are the generational stereotypes that I've had about my mentor, about my mentees, about my peers? And kind of reflecting and saying, all right, those do have a little bit of a purpose. Those implicit biases are part of just human nature. But how do you look at it through a growth mindset? And how do you then look at your interactions through that lens? Because it will make you a more emotionally intelligent human. You'll have better interactions, better communication, better relationships. You'll be able to better support those around you and have better mentorship as well. So We're going to kind of wrap it up there, but Valerie, thank you so much for coming on the show, talking us through your talk, which you're giving here at VMX. If you guys have had the opportunity to listen to Valerie or just go and check her out on Possibilities, but I want to give you a little bit of time here. Um, Tell us about Possibilities. Tell us how they can get in contact with you. Yeah, absolutely. So Possibilities Vet Med is a nonprofit that really focuses on transformational leadership. So what we want to do is provide resources, professional development opportunities, and mentorship to individuals from historically marginalized communities. We train individuals that can come into our virtual platform and find mentors, mentor others. We also focus on allies. We have a two and a half or so hour training that is free. Anybody can take. You don't have to join Possibilities to you know, take the training. You can just do it. Our training really focuses on the basics of diversity and inclusion, the basics of mentorship, and it goes through some of those concepts like implicit bias and microaggressions and how to form relationships and build trust. And we just really want individuals out there in the profession. We're focused on people in veterinary medicine, so veterinarians, technicians, assistants, hospital managers, like the whole team. We want individuals to be able to see that a career in this profession is possible, if you will, <laughs> pun uh-huh. intended. Pun intended. Um, and provide them the support that they need to build that resilience and to thrive in this profession. Oh, gosh. I love meeting you guys. Like, every time I do these episodes and just, like, reaching out to different people about the little niche that they have within veterinary medicine, I'm like, this is why I love this profession. I am so excited about possibilities. If you guys want to reach out, um, Valerie, how can they find you? Yeah, they just have to go to possibilitiesvetmed.com. That's a P A W S I. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so like, ha, ha, ha. That's the pun. Yep. But yeah, definitely reach out to Valerie if you have any other questions. She's fantastic, amazing human, so bright and bubbly. I love it. But I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. But until next week, y'all, see ya. So that's it for another show. Thank you so much to Dr. Mariah and her guests for today's tips. And if you're interested in learning more about what we do to support early stage vets in their careers, then check out my book, So Your Vet Now What? or Non-Clinical Skills Training Class of the same name. Until next time, take care.